0: Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to another edition of the Dead End Sports Podcast. This is a weekly sports podcast. We would like to thank you for tuning in as you do each and every week. Uh, I am your host, 12 Kyle. Uh, This is a weekly sports podcast. We like to call it the best couple of hours of your sports week. This is the place where sports opinions collide. Uh, We got a lot of stuff to talk about. Of course, I will not be doing this podcast alone. Joining me are the homies. First up, my man, Beasley, 430. Beasley, what up, though?
1: What up, though? What's good, man? Two and Giants, I mean, giant, <laughs> man. You know, yeah, you, you man. Got a real test with the Falcons up this upcoming Sunday, so it no
0: should no be doubt, pretty no doubt. Yo, man! Shout out to B, man. I, I had a good time. Came through. Uh, he invited me over to the to the new crib Sunday afternoon, and um, B's pop was in, pops was in town, so I got a chance to meet him. Real cool cat, man. Just. Just mm-hmm. the the exact same as B. The, the exact same. I mean, mannerisms, everything. I mean, like they're like twins, man. But uh, man, really enjoyed that man. Spent most of Sunday afternoon uh, watching the first and second game um, over there, man. B threw some food on the grill. Uh, the brother can cook, <laughs> so he did his thing, man. He did his thing. Uh, so man, I definitely appreciate that. Gotta definitely gonna return the favor before the end of, before the uh, season is over um also the homie ken is here. ken what's up man
2: what's going on man i um man i hate i missed uh it it just hit me today i hit b it was like oh snap i totally forgot about um his dad because I, I hate i miss pops man um but yeah yeah, God, cool. it, yeah he really is man he got that that detroit flavor to him
0: <laughs> yes 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 and uh rod came through rod came through for a little while And um, he he said, "What's up?" And um, but yeah, man, I I really enjoyed it, man. We we talk football because everything. (laughs) Yeah, we talked about everything. We talked about football, about music, about baseball. um, You know, because the games really weren't much to talk about. But um, I enjoyed it, man. I really enjoyed it. So hopefully, next time he comes down, man, we all can get together. And yes, uh, the homie man. FIFO will be joining us as uh, he'll be joining us momentarily. So we'll bring him on as soon as he gets here. Uh, crazy, crazy week in the NFL, uh, both on and off the field. Uh, college football is hot and heavy. Uh, this particular podcast, man, we're gonna we're gonna actually have it kind of mixed up. We're gonna talk a little bit of well, actually, we're gonna talk a lot of NFL. And we're gonna talk a lot of NBA as well because the NBA is <laughs> seems like this has been a, an ongoing theme. The NBA is back in the news again. But first up. Uh man, we had some great college football this past weekend as well as NFL. Uh not as much, but <laughs> nonetheless, man. Uh so let's start right there. B, what as far as the N- NCAA and, and the NFL, uh what stood out to you this past week?
1: Um I mean, of course, you know my 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 Lions getting that Monday night win. Uh, I was worried. I was just worried because I'm like, you know how Lions always choke when they got the spotlight on them. But, you know, they, they handled it well on the road. Um, that was definitely my highlight of the weekend. Um, another highlight, uh, Seattle. Seattle and San mm-hmm. Fran game. Um, Seattle, they're they having some issues, I think, with that offensive line and then the fact that they don't have no run game. Um, Russell Wilson was just running for dear life every time he hiked the ball. Um yeah, that definitely was a stood. That was an ugly 12-9 to 9 victory from Seattle. But, you know, it was an ugly victory. But I'm pretty sure they took it anyway. But that game stood out for me. Um, Broncos, I think Broncos and Oakland, you know, it's Broncos. I guess Broncos' defense is, is still as good as advertised when they won a the Super Bowl a couple the year before last with uh, Peyton Manning's last year. Um, they defense seemed to be clicking either that or just Dallas was just out of sync. Mm-hmm. Um, and then the Raiders, man. Raiders... They are starting to look like a true form team in the AFC that can compete for that AFC top spot with the Patriots and, and the Steelers, man. Like, the, them boys, like, they can score with the best of them. Um, so, you know, and, you know, their defense, you know, still a lot of young. Coming they got around, some good young talent. Mm-hmm. But other than that, uh, I think Raiders, man, as long as they stay healthy, if, if, if all their big, big guns can stay healthy this whole entire season into the postseason – you know, we might have something with them, man. You, you never know. I mean, we, we you might you might have something right there. But yeah, those are the games that stood out. I think the Raiders, you know, uh Denver defense still look strong. I mean, you know, with that defense, if the quarterback can kinda act like he wants to play, right. Denver can be another <laughs> team. Yeah, Denver could be another team that, that can be a force to be reckoned with. And then Seattle. I know we I know Seattle it's been seasons where Seattle start off kinda ruggish and then they by like week eight, week nine, they get it going. So Maybe this might be one another one of those seasons, but right now Seattle do not look like the cream of the crop, one of the cream of the crop of the uh, NFC. And I think me and Kyle, or either me and FIFO predicted them to be in the Super Bowl with with the Patriots. Uh, mm-hmm. yep. So yep, we did. Right yep. now they're not looking like a Super Bowl contender, a team that can make it. But you know we'll see.
0: No doubt, no doubt. What about you, Ken? Uh, college football and NFL, man. What what stood out to you?
2: Florida Gators. Mm. That, that win over Tennessee. Man, what was that head coach thinking playing man defense on a hell Mary play? Everybody knows you sit in their zone and you knock it down knock and it down. that dude that corner got burned, and um so shout out to them man. great 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 win um for them, and uh really add it to the highlight package of college football. Um, Lamar Jackson, man, my boy didn't come through. Mm-hmm. Um, he looked off. He looked erratic. He looked drugged. Something was I, I, something was up with him. I mean, Clemson's defense is is legit, but um, they had a chance to really um, show what they were capable of, and they didn't get it done. And Lamar Jackson just couldn't get in the rhythm. Um, the, the brother is still electric. He had a couple of electrifying runs, but. Overall, man, he didn't put together the complete package. And to beat team like Clemson, that's what you need. And they prove why they were ranked uh, that high. And And that quarterback, I think, will only get better. I'm not sold on him just yet, but he definitely showed some things. So uh, shout-out to Clemson and shout-out to him as well. Um, Sam Arnold. Sam Arnold has struggled in the first uh, couple of games to open up the season. And people still are really, really hyped on this guy. Um, but he's struggling against mediocre teams. I don't know what's going on with that, but whenever I look up, he's in a close game or he's losing. Same thing with uh, that Rosen kid, Josh Rosen, who lost uh, this weekend mm-hmm. to, uh, to Memphis. Shout out to Memphis, man. Uh, the As he said on Twitter, the walk-ons versus the five stars. <laughs> uh, so I thought that that was really, really dope, man, for them to go out and um, and get that win. And Although I thought it was a bone-headed play to call the fake punt, uh, when you could have forced them to uh, march down the the field and score a touchdown, um, I think it was only a bonehead of play because they didn't execute. I I, I liked. I, I would have preferred if you're going to go for it, just line up and just go for it, because we saw in that game for those of you that watched it that UCLA had no problems marching up and down the field. So you definitely put your team at risk, uh, but they got it done. So shout out to them. Um, shout out to Marshawn Lynch. Uh, mm. I'm pretty sure that gift will be used forever and ever <laughs> for as long as social media lasts. But man, I love how carefree he is, how he's just loving life, man. Like, he's I, I don't recall him really being this way. When did Marshawn Lynch become the guy that he is now? Before then, he was just a guy in Buffalo running over people. Now he's like this guy that everybody just loves. It's just this transformation over the last few years is crazy. Did it happen when he's started talking about he didn't want to get fined? He's only there because he he don't want to get fined. When did kind of sort of
0: yeah, kind of sort. I mean the, the the personality really, you know he he was always a wild card, but the personality really kind of came out in uh, when he was in Seattle, and this was even before they made that Super Bowl run. You know he, he was he. This is who he is, man, and he's he's a he's a Oakland cat, uh, through and through. And you know, I think being in Seattle, what it does is, you know, and we've heard this thousands of times. Players love playing for Pete Carroll, and Pete Carroll, you know, really encourages his players to be themselves and be who they are. And the only thing he asks is that they show up and do their job. And you know, as long as you're doing that, you can do whatever you want to do. I mean, just just look at all the personalities that we've seen on Seattle's teams over the years. So I think that really kind of helped. You know bring that out and you know after that then once he got the success and he was dope at the same time hey man beast mode <laughs> yeah you know but,
2: it's 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 just interesting man like seeing everybody just everybody loves him and you know kyle b that the nfl is all about the nfl and not the individual brands and you know what you're right because seattle has individual brands on that team just looking at everybody just talk about Marshawn lynch I'm like I don't remember you guys talking about Marshawn Lynch like this a couple of years ago, mm-hmm. so okay, well that's that's cool. Yeah, I was just kind of curious about that. Um, the last thing I have is, is is that the NFL ratings are down again. Like, and there's uh, Colin Kaepernick is not in the league, so uh, what you guys gonna blame it on now? I mean, you know, um, so so there's that. And the um, the first few games of the NFL is nothing but preseason. They're absolutely terrible, mm-hmm. and um, mm-hmm. and I don't know what they need to do, but they're just unbearable to watch. I I, I didn't really watch any football this weekend. So. Yeah,
0: you, you didn't miss much. It was only like a couple of games. I, I I do have a question for you, Ken, because I am seeing that too about the ratings being down. Do you attribute? Because we know that, and we know some people, even some people who are listening to this podcast, uh, you know, have decided to boycott the NFL. Do you? Because the question I have is, do you think that that is the Kaepernick effect or the other boycott? Because what some people aren't talking about is that there is a huge segment of people that have tuned the NFL out because of because of the player protests, which stems from last year. So, you know, ratings were down a little bit last year and they attributed to, you know, the election. And, you know, now they're saying, OK, well, let player protest. So. I'm seeing the people who are boycotting because of Colin Kaepernick kind of celebrating, saying that, yay, our protest is working. But it's probably more people that are protesting the NFL and not for Kaepernick. You see what I'm saying?
2: Yeah, it it very well could be like there could be like a reverse protest going on. Right. Like last year, it was people saying, hey, I'm not watching because Colin Kaepernick disrespect the flag and I'm not watching until he's out of the NFL. He's out of the NFL. But now you have black people and people that support black people and and people uh non people of color that are saying hey well you guys are doing this brother wrong so I'm not going to watch because of that so you guys are basically reinforcing the inequality that he was you know protesting about um so it could very well be I know I'm not interested in the NFL I don't know what's affecting that mood it very well could be hangover from how they are doing him and the games really are haven't really been that good. And there are no interesting storylines in the NFL for me to really get behind. Um, I think there's a star turnover that we're, we're in the middle of because Peterson is going out. Breeze is, is losing. Um, you know, people tired of Tom Brady. People tired of Aaron, you know. So, I think that we have to find new guys to follow. Will mm-hmm. We follow Fournette and Davin Cook and all these new crop of guys. And – um and I think to, answer, to go back to the question about, well, now it's the players protesting. That stuff is not really getting covered like that the way it was last year. Right. So the media may mention it, but it's not the story. So they can't blame it on that. I think that it could be us boycotting it or people just are not interested. But to me, what that tells me is that, or when I'm starting to peel from it, is that the NFL ratings were not down because of Colin Kaepernick last year. Mm -hmm. It was just something that they put out there.
0: And you know what, Ken, to to piggyback on that point, I think part of the reason why the NFL ratings are down is because, honestly, at least right now, there's not a lot of good football on. I mean, like, Mm -hmm. you can see games that are very compelling on Saturdays. I mean, no, do we always see a game like Florida and uh, Tennessee? No, but – those more often not even the uc uh, uh texas usc game you know a game mm-hmm. that went double overtime you know those and those games think about it there's more wing on the line because in college football depending on when you lose you know if you lose the first week or two you might still be okay as far as postseason play but if you you know you you get a couple of l's and technically you know you're done as far as you know trying to make it to the uh, bowl championship series but Um, But, you know, but the games are more appealing. The games are more fun. The games, you know, seem to have a bit uh, have more excitement. You know, the only thing I would ask people that are listening to this podcast is ask yourself, genuinely speaking, outside of the team that you root for. How many teams in the NFL would you just sit down and watch on a particular Sunday? Uh, My guess is that the number is probably isn't as high as you think it would be. It's because, like I said, it's just not a lot of good football going on. Um, I would probably want to see what the ratings look like on the backside of the the first half of the season because you know if you think about it, some of the sloppy play that we've seen. Keep in mind these players haven't played. A, you know this is, you know this is really like like you said preseason for them. You know because most play most starters don't play a lot during the preseason if at all. So, um and but that's not to take anything from the weight ratings being down. I think it's a it's a domino effect. I think it's part of you know, the, the people who, you know, kind of boycotted the NFL because they didn't want to see the protest. I think the Kaepernick, you know, boycott has had a, had an effect. And I think more importantly, I think it's just it's some bad football. And if you're not a diehard fan, and you're not a diehard fan of a particular team, you're probably not going to watch. Um, but that's a, that's a very good point, Ken. Um, my takeaway from this past weekend, uh, like you mentioned, uh, Florida, Tennessee, I I, I don't understand how you can give up that play. I mean, the safety, you, you got to get back and you got to stay back. You can't allow a receiver to run past you. I mean, at the very least, I understand that, you know, with nine seconds left, they had a timeout. Could they have thrown a 20-yard pass, you know, caught it, you know, kicked a field goal for, from 50 yards? But, yeah, I, I would take my chances in doing that. You can't let a receiver get behind you and – the Franks quarterback from uh tennis, I'm excuse me, uh, Florida, you know, maybe they didn't think his arm was that strong, but he got it Then He hit the receiver in stride. So, you know, big up to Florida for, for the win. Um, you know, Lamar Jackson, uh, Clemson's, I think that was, I think Lamar Jackson's, uh, inefficiency had more to do with Clemson's defense. Um, I think, and it's only been three games, but right now I think Clemson's defense, you can make a case that Clemson has the best defense in the country. Um, I think, you know, and of course, they still have to play Florida State, which I don't think without, you know, DeAndre Francois, I don't think that's going to be a problem for Clemson. Um, but this team looks good. And the the, the new quarterback, uh, while he's not Deshaun Watson, he stood in there and, and he's, you know, he threw the ball, spread the ball out. And, um, you know, Clemson looks good, man. They look like the real deal. Uh, I'm really, really looking forward to seeing how the rest of the season plays out. But um, college football again this past weekend was off. The chain as far as the NFL, um, a couple of notes I got here. um, Shout out to uh, Greg Olson uh, from the uh, Carolina Panthers, broke his foot. Um, He's going to be out. They said he's going to be out and he's going to miss at least six games. Um, So he has not missed a game since 2007, his rookie year. So it's going to be unfortunate to see him go down. Speaking of injuries uh, due to Hurricane Irma, this past Sunday was uh, the first game for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Um, and they were a mass unit, uh, Mike Evans, Deshaun Jackson, Gerald McCoy, uh, the Alexander, the linebacker, they all got hurt this past weekend. So, you know, we're starting to see some of the ripple effects of the rust, you know, from, comes from not playing. Um, this past Thursday night, uh, I don't know if any of you listening watched that game um, between the Bengals and the Texans. Uh, that game was trash. And <laughs> like like Ken said, I mean, like, if you want to know why the ratings are down, I don't we text this amongst each other. I don't understand why the NFL even had this game. Uh, think about it. On a Thursday night, the Bengals and the Texans, and then oh yeah, by the time you listen to this podcast, this coming Thursday the, the game is going to be the 49ers and the Rams. I mean, like that's not a Thursday night game that you want to see. So, I mean, I give anybody props who actually sits and watches that. Uh, but this past Thursday night, man, Andy Dalton, Ken's boy, He was straight doo-doo, man. I mean, like, I haven't seen a starting quarterback fall off this bad. He has gotten so bad that there are rumors that there are players on the team that want him to be benched, and they want the Bengals to bring in Colin Kaepernick. Um, Now, that's not going to happen, but nonetheless, it's still crazy in and of itself. Um, As far as the Falcons, the Falcons got their offense back on track, uh, opened up the new bins uh, here in downtown Atlanta. Um, the offense looked really, really good, man. Steve Sarkeesian. Um, they looked really good against Aaron Rodgers. Green Bay has struggled against the Falcons here in the last year or two, um, which is kind of weird. Uh, but Green Bay had a lot of people hurt and mashed up. I'm, I have the the funny feeling that these two teams will see each other again. Um, Ken's boy Cam Newton showed up at the press conference looking like I don't looking like somebody's cousin. Um, Carolina is 2 and 0 but Cam Newton's kind of banged up. Uh he left the game with an ankle injury. Um the I think it was the ankle that he had been uh that he had gotten surgery on. So I uh, got to keep a watch out for that. And last but not least man, he's a fantasy superstar man. Kareem freaking Hunt from the Kansas City Chiefs. The Chiefs are 2 and 0 man. The Chiefs are 2 and 0. Uh this dude Kareem Hunt, uh he has become the fir- I think he was like he had a what 148 yards against New England. And then I think he went for over a hundred yards this past, past weekend. So he scored two touchdowns, uh, against the, uh, Philadelphia Eagles, man. So he is off to a great start. I know people on fantasy football are loving him. Uh, he had a 53 yard run. Uh, he's, I think they said he became like the third player in NFL history to have, uh, more than 50 yard runs in his first two games. Um, so yeah, man, uh that, that guy is is he's he's looking like the real deal. And and of course it's early. Uh Kansas City is off to a two-0 start. And last but not least, man, if any of you follow me on Twitter, um you know that when I'm watching football, the one position that I am very, very hard on and I kind of despise is the kicker. Um kickers, man, you got one job. You know, and, and I'm not very sympathetic for kickers because I, I the kicker that I played with in college I loved him to death still love him to death but you know he was money when we called on him um but I'm not really happy with kickers these days uh one kicker in particular kicker from uh San Diego Chargers by the name of young ho cute young ho cool. uh not to be confused with Oho, this young ho uh had a field goal block last week and missed the opportunity to hit the game. <laughs> He's laughing over there. He had the opportunity to make the game winner, man. You can't you can't miss a game winner from 44 yards, man. Now, you know, I, I don't know the brother young ho. but man, you, you – hey, ho, ho, listen, ho, you got to get your mind right, man. You got to get your mind right or you ain't going to be around long. That's what – the NFL stands for not for long for kickers, man. I'm telling you. So – that's my take on this past week with college football and the n f l uh joining us is the homie fifo fifo what up man yo yo
3: yo what did it what did it do what did it do
0: man we're just talking we're just getting, getting it started man what what did you take away this weekend from uh the n f l and uh college football
3: um really didn't watch much college football you know you, you you know I'm not the guy when it comes to the college football I'm just not um but but the n f l um <sighs> can, can, can I change my Super Bowl pick? <laughs> who's your Super Bowl pick, man? I picked Seattle out the NFC.
0: Oh, uh, yeah, yeah. yeah. We, 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 we're just talking about that.
3: Yeah, I, I need to change that.
0: It's two games, dog. It's two it games. It don't
3: matter. I, like, look, I already know who's the best team in the NFC, and it's not the team I originally picked. Them, them boys need to do something over there in Seattle, man. That It, it is bad. It is bad. But um, damn Falcons, man. I I, look, I think the Falcons are the best team, it, the best roster in the mm. NFL right now. And, and I don't say that lightly. I don't say that lightly. When you watch these boys play on defense, they're a top five defense, and they're a top five offense. And it's not just about having weapons. It's about having a system for those weapons to thrive in. And what the Atlanta Falcons have, if they stay healthy like they did last year, oh, my God. I i think they can go back to the Super Bowl. I I i think we're really for real. And and I reserve to change my pick to the Falcons representing the NFC this year. Okay.
0: Well, you trusting the, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. hey, no, trusting the Georgia team? What? Yeah, you the Georgia team?
3: Yeah, no, no, look, look, I'm sticking with it. I'm sticking with it. Um they they made it last year. They made it last year. So you know what? Look, they 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 have a track record. I've always said Matt Ryan has been nice, and and now he's in the perfect situation. Not like you know, sometimes franchise players they get stuck on the island. Like yeah, I'm like, look, at Andrew, look, like yeah, I'm great. But what has the organization done for me? Oh, oh, they've gone leaps and bounds. What, what what's the owner's name? I'm drawing a blank. Arthur Blank. Arthur Blank. Yeah. Arthur Blank has done his job. He hired the right GM. The GM did what he had to do. I, like the falcons really impressed me they they really impressed me um the nfl man it, it's kind of what we thought they were the nfc east looks bad um we we don't know who's good outside of philly you know um they they they're definitely taking strides but everybody else looks like crap um the nfc west is surprisingly bad except for well yeah no they they they're surprisingly bad i was thinking about the raiders that's AFT.
0: The AFC West is tight, though.
3: No, AFC West is tight.
0: Three the teams NFC are two and zero already.
3: Mhm, mhm, mhm. But um, no, nah, man, you know, just another great NFL season. Um, nothing pr- particularly that I took away outside. I, 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 really think the Falcons are for real.
0: Okay, okay. Well, people in in week two changing changing the Super yeah. Bowl pick. <laughs> my <ain't> man, <laughs> my Not man.
2: Seattle. I'm sorry. You have to like uh, Shannon Sharp on on the show. Shannon Sharpie changing his picks, too.
0: Hey, Jay, Shannon changed picks like every week. <laughs> um, speaking of the NFL, man, we saw the Dallas Cowboys go into Mile High Stadium and get beat down by the Denver Broncos. I mean, Denver smoked them like a Philly blunt in the boys' dorm. It was just that bad, man. I mean, we have yet to see uh, the Dak and uh, and Zeke show, you know, come off the hinges like that. Ezekiel Elliott, nine rushes for eight yards. That means he had eight yards more than the the four of us right now. Um, so in saying all of that, uh, B, I'll start with you, man. Do you think something's wrong with Dallas? And do you think – I know we talk all the time, but you, you – you spoke about this a lot last year about teams getting a blueprint or getting you know film on guys and, and having time to study them. And teams have had a whole season. You know, Prescott didn't look particularly impressive against uh, you know, the Giants, but you know, Zeke could run all over the Giants. But here they came up against a defense that you know they clearly stacked the box and they clearly said, Dak, you're going to beat us. Des Bryant and um, what's the little white receiver, uh, Willie Nelson? Um, Beasley, Beasley. Beasley. yeah, he- He couldn't get off – you know, they couldn't get off the jams and they couldn't get open. Uh, So
1: do you think teams have figured out Dak Prescott? Um, I think that's part of it. Uh, You know, I've been saying that. that, And I said that going into the season, I was like, it's going to be interesting to see how, you know, Zeke and Dak perform this season – I mean, in this upcoming season. Granted, it's the second game. Only the second second week. So we're going to find out. But I think, you know, part of that is just now, yeah, teams are going to figure it out, try to see, okay – Dak was weak in this area. Or he was weak in that area. Let's try to see, make him, you know, do stuff that's uncomfortable for him and and in, in that old lines and not make sure Dak. I mean, make sure Zeke is not running the ball effectively. So you know, it, it's yeah. I think definitely that's part of it, man. I've I've always said this, man. That we gonna we the second year we're gonna see what Dak is about because you know teams got got time. Last year they caught everyone by surprise. This year we're gonna see what he can do, and if he can make adjustments as a QB to try to make you know better his game and make sure that teams won't home in on certain things and make him look weak, and then he'll be a forgotten QB. You know, go you know how you go from one year everybody all up on you, and now it's like oh Dak who? So yeah, I, I'm really see how the how this how the rest of this season gonna play out. But that that game as I was watching, I was like man, I was like yep they starting to get that film on him and they starting to get that blueprint. So. I
3: I agree with points that be made, but I don't all the way agree. Mainly because Denver has the personnel to do what they did. And not everybody can do right. what they did. And that's a big thing about it. And we saw how Von Miller, once he knew that they had to go past, man, that man, this man was jumping every snap. How many penalties did he have down the stretch? Just him personally? Man, about so, three or so, four. Exactly. And he's one of the best pass rushers. So obviously he's going to get pressure. Obviously, to, uh, to uh, what's his name to live? Qua- um, I want to say to me, Akeem a
0: Akeem to leave.
3: I had it back. Shout A-K-T-L-E. out to Kwali.
0: <laughs> <laughs>
3: but, uh, you know what I'm He was out there, man. He, he, could he should have had like four picks, right? This, this man doesn't drop like two of them. And like one of them was a gimme. So, so not everybody has that level of personnel on 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 three levels. You know what I'm saying? Outside in the cornerback, uh, the linebackers are fast. They could play man, and then they could just let their pass rushers get to Dak. And if they shut down the run while they do that, man, any team is good. It's going to be hard for any team to put up points against Denver. Let's be honest; they're still a great defense, but. Their offense, I I I think it was uh, Dallas's defense that kind of surprised me, Mm -hmm. Um, and and I think it's still too early uh, to say that the jury is out on that. You know, there's there. Look, man, Denver's going to be a top five defense.
1: You know what I'm
3: saying? As long as uh, Trevor Simeon and that Denver offense doesn't give up the ball, that's going to be a top five, top seven defense, guaranteed. So not everybody can do that. So, but here's the thing. I think what's interesting is is if you shut down the run, is that the key to shutting down that? Mm. I, think, I think that's I think that I think that'll be a question. But we gotta see other teams. I, like two games in. Um, and, and, yeah, it's still early. It's still early. And it being Denver, man, like that's that's a that's a bonafide squad, man. Like a bona fide defense. So I, I don't know. I can't take too much stock just yet. Give me about week five, then
0: I'll let okay. you. In. Okay. Ken, I I noticed that you tweeted, uh, you know, that uh, (laughs) you couldn't wait to get on the podcast to tell us what was wrong with Dallas. So, my brother, the floor is yours.
2: Man, both of y'all totally got this thing wrong. Like, you guys make great points. And you know what? I, I, I think there's some validity in your statements. But for me, the problem with the Dallas Cowboys is that they got Russell Wilson syndrome. It's it's just that simple, man. Russell Wilson syndrome, meaning that they are trying to turn Dak Prescott into the star of that team by having him throw 50 times. Yeah, Kyle, I heard they everybody's talking about they stacking the box and we're going to make <laughs> Dak Prescott the the you know beat us and and um instead of Zeke, but what does Dallas do best? They run the ball. And if and and I know that they keep running it down their throats, that's when Dat Prescott is at his best. But no, 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 no. All we heard last year was Dat Prescott this, Dat Prescott that. Dat Prescott over here, Dat Prescott underrated, Dat Prescott like it's it's all about Dat Prescott. Mm. And and now coming into the season, same thing. All about Dat Prescott, Dat Prescott, Dat Prescott. He's going to be the guy, and that's what they tried to do. They tried to make this guy out to be Troy Aikman or somebody like that. Troy Aikman, what did Troy Aikman (laughs) do when he was the quarterback? Troy Aikman didn't throw that much. Why? Because he had Emmitt Smith. And and Mm -hmm. that's it. This is a clear example of what happened in Seattle and why Seattle lost the Super Bowl. Instead of giving the ball to Marshawn Lynch, they wanted Russell Wilson to be the hero. The same thing is happening in Dallas where they are trying to turn Dak Prescott into this cowboy hero and it's not going to work. They need to get away from trying to make him the guy and hand the ball off to uh, uh, Ezekiel Elliott. He is the engine that makes that car run. Yes, the Denver Broncos have an elite defense, but if that's the best you can do against a defense that great, they got problems. They got problems. They ain't winning anything. If this keeps up and they keep trying to make that – and. Y'all know Dak Prescott's my guy. Man, I I watched him in at Mississippi State and he was that dude. But everybody that's listened to this show, that's on this show, know that that team moves when Zeke is able to move. And if that, if he can't beat them, and we saw that he can't he couldn't beat them, then no, it's it's not gonna happen. They need to get back to what they do best. And that's running the football. They have Russell Wilson syndrome. That's what this is. Wow! <laughs> I know, I know. You broke I, it down, yeah. man. You broke hey, it down. I'm telling you, watch. It, 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 it is, it's right there. And, and if this continues in in the next two or three weeks, I'm gonna be like feetful. I'm gonna be like, man, I'm changing my pick.
0: <laughs> I had the Cowboys win in the Super Bowl. Oh, yeah, you did. You did. Um, I think that that's a that's some you you make some great points. I think I'm going to no great point. Yes, I did, Stop <laughs> you. you just asked you to actually, think of it. <laughs> actually, I think everybody made a great point. I actually agree with FIFA a hundred percent, man. I think I'm not as quick to put, push the panic button because Denver, what they are able to do defensively, every, like you said, everybody doesn't have that type of personnel, um, you know, where you can take, you can put, you know, I mean, D- Denver's got what three elite corners. Um, you know, so they you know, the no fly zone is in full effect when you when you when you drop back to pass against them. And they said basically like, look, Dak, you're going to have to beat us and you're going to have to dink and dunk. You have to throw these little five yard outs to Witten and, you know, you're going to have to beat us like that. And I'm, I'm waiting for the and What was interesting was and I think I said this last year, I was waiting for the point where Dallas would have to fall behind and change their game plan as to how they would attack via the air. You know Dallas last year their their mo was to get up on teams and then just run Zeke down your throat. You know after a while you know you got those big ugly guys up front laying on you for three and a half quarters. Yeah fourth quarter even if he de- even if Zeke didn't have the yardage he was gonna pop one at some point in time because they just wear you out. Um, you know the Cowboys unlike most teams in the NFL uh, they run the ball to set up the pass. It's kind of like in the NBA having a team that would rather set up the post player first as opposed to, you know, fanning it outside and shooting Jays and threes and what have you. Um, so I, I'm not necessarily going to write Dallas off, per se, and say something is wrong or anything like that. Uh, the reason being is that, you know, it's a lot of time left. It's only two games in the season. And when I look at the rest of the division, I mean, the Giants don't look good at all. Uh, the Redskins, uh, you know, they are the Redskins. <laughs> I, mean, I mean, what more do you want me to say? Uh, the Eagles, you know, they're just not there yet. They're going to be up and down, you know, have a young quarterback and young talent. So I think the, the division is still with the Cowboys to, to lose. Um, now if you're talking about going beyond the division deep into the playoffs, no, in that point, Ken's right. They have to, they're going to have to. They can't get away from the formula that you know is going to take them there. They're going to have to be able to do that. And to FIFO's point, unless you have a team that is like Denver that can stack the box and and take on these guys one on one, you know, uh, what's the guy? Um, Dez. De- I mean, Dez. Dez not looking too good. Dez is not looking. You know, he. You know, a couple of years ago, he was a you know top five receiver. You know, Dez isn't looking like that. And he hasn't played like that probably. And I know he last year he was banged up. But, um, we'll see, man. I mean, two games in, I think you know, around like FIFO said, around game five, game six, you kind of have an idea and an identity as to what your team is. um but uh Dak is gonna he's gonna have to play better. And more often than not, they're gonna be teams that are gonna say, "Look, you gotta beat us, and they will live with Dak Prescott throwing for three hundred yards. I, I don't know that that's, and I'll have to go back and check his stats because I don't know that he actually has thrown for three hundred yards yet. Not a lot. Uh, Okay. Not a
2: lot, but he he can and look. The Dallas Cowboys cost me a a, a, a fantasy football win this weekend <laughs> when, I, when I finally got away from this. It always set,
0: comes back to fantasy. I'm
2: just saying when I looked up and saw throw after throw after throw after throw and they were on the three yard line and they couldn't even get they ran they ran it and then they threw it and yeah, they scored a touchdown. Whatever, that's good. But I'm just saying, like, they just kept throwing the ball. And I'm like, like, like you said, Kyle, you have to continue running it and running it. Eventually you'll wear them guys out. It's supposed to be the best offensive line in the football, right? At some point when the fourth quarter comes along, then, you know, he'll pop one. And and Trevor Simeon kept giving
0: the ball back.
2: Yeah, and yeah. they couldn't do anything with it.
0: It's terrible. Well, you know what? One thing that and we were talking about it when we watched the game at B's Crib was the, I, there was a rain delay, a lightning delay that delayed the game for an over an hour. Uh, Dallas wasn't looking too good prior to the delay. And, then, and that delay happened, I want to say, with like maybe two minutes left in the first quarter. So you have to go back in the locker room. You sit for an hour. Uh, it was right at about an hour and ten minutes in the locker room, you know, waiting on the storm to pass or the lightning <laughs> to pass in the area, whatever like that. When they came out, they were even flatter than what they were prior to them, you know, coming out. So you know, maybe that has something to do with it as well. But, you know, tip my hat to Denver. Denver balled out of control. So we'll see what happens, man. Dallas is, you know, they're one and one. And, you know, like I said, again, it's only two games. But uh, Dak Prescott, if for them to go further, he's going to have to play better. And Zekiel, you know, he's going to have to give better effort. I mean, uh, not eight yards is not going to cut it. I, I don't know. You know, there really weren't a lot of running lanes. But he's going to have to The – two of them are going to have to play better. Um you know, in order for them to get where they're trying to go, uh, moving it to the NBA. Uh, I'll be honest. We didn't even anticipate talking about the NBA this week, but the NBA is back in the news. Your man, Kyrie Irving, uh, actually did something that people rarely do. He actually sought out first take first take didn't ask him to be on ESPN's first take. Uh, he actually contacted them and then went on and sat with Stephen A. Smith, uh, as well as Max Kellerman, and they, of course they asked him questions about you know his uh, trade request and leaving Cleveland, and you know the interview. Uh, so so we, we're going to break it down here. I, I guess we've all seen the interview. I'll, I'll start first with you, Fee. what what was your overall feeling about this interview? Damn, I ain't know Kobe was like twenty five.
3: <laughs> that, that, that I, I was like, yo, did, did this? The way Kobe took a Jordan class, did, did Kyrie take a Kobe class? Like it man, was, it was kind of crazy. It's
0: funny man. you say that.
3: You know, so so you know, talking about oh, I only deal with realism and you know what's real and this that. Like, look, man, look, man. Why? What? The question I wish that they would have asked them was, why were you unhappy? When you say you just want to be happy and, and to perfect your craft, then what made you unhappy? Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? And yeah, he, you know, he talked about um, all of the stuff that goes with, um, you know, just playing in terms of, you know, the outside. But that's gonna be anywhere, dog. Especially if you're trying to win. So, I, like, I, I don't know. It, it, it was, it was interesting. Like you said, Kyle. Like you know, this doesn't really happen. Like, like the guys don't hit up the networks and be like, "Yeah, I'm about to come on." So I, I give Kyrie a lot, a lot of credit, but he had a lot of good points as well. He said he, when he made the decision, he kept it as professional. He kept it patient. You know what I'm saying? He mm-hmm. waited for the right moment. So, so you can not do nothing but respect that. You know, and he said he was quiet. So then, where did all of this come from then? Right. So 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 obviously somebody with knowledge of the situation leaked this to the media. So so I, I don't know, man. I. I think I think the the situation, I think there is something between Kyrie and LeBron, because if there was nothing. The 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 nature of the conversation wouldn't feel the way it felt. Right. Like every time that they asked about LeBron. It was awkward, and it wasn't because Kyrie made it awkward. Kyrie answered. He was like, so am I supposed to ask LeBron for permission? Right.
0: In fact, I'll I'll read it to you. I'll read you the the transcript from it. He said, uh, Stephen A. asked, he said, did you speak with LeBron before making the trade? Kyrie said no. He said, why not? He said, why would I have to? And Stephen A. said, you could see how someone could take it personally. Kyrie said, and I quote, it's not anything personal. I'm not here to tirade anybody. I'm not here to tirade anybody. I'm not here to go at any particular person or the organization because I have nothing but love for Cleveland. I have nothing but love for the times that I spent there. There's nothing about that. It comes to a time when you mature as an individual. It's time to make that decision, and there's no looking back from that standpoint. There's no time to figure out how to save someone's feelings when you ultimately have to be selfish in that figuring out what it is that you want to do. It wasn't about me not wanting to win. It wasn't about anything like that. I wanted to be extremely happy in perfecting my craft. So, again, to me, he makes it clear that he wasn't happy in Cleveland. What, 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 do, you, what do you take from that? So, so, okay, so he also he
3: addressed it later on, right, where, mm-hmm. where he was saying how Max uh, or everybody, the media, the perception of Kyrie, because he plays with LeBron, is a, is a weapon, is an assassin. And Kyrie clearly stated that that's just a part of my game, and I look forward to becoming an, a better overall point guard. Playing with LeBron James, right? And I've always said this: because he's a point forward, you don't need a prototypical point guard. You need a scoring point guard. A god. That's the reason why Mo Williams, his lone All Star year, was in Cleveland. Because playing with LeBron, he didn't have to play point guard. He could just go get buckets. Mm -hmm. That's the reason why Kyrie and LeBron can play together. But it's sounding like Kyrie wants to be able to do it all. And you can't do it all when you play with LeBron. Maybe there's other facets, offensively, defensively, everything, because even Max called him out on his defense. But if Kyrie is able to mature his game and take his games to other levels I can see how it would be difficult under the the spotlight of LeBron the shadow of the, of LeBron um and, and everything that's happening with Cleveland and LeBron I if I'm going to face this I might as well do it under my terms because I believe that I'm the best guy in the league and to be great even if you're not the greatest you have to believe you're the great right and Kyrie alluded to that as well so I I understand where he's coming from I thought honestly when, when when LeBron went back that they were gonna you know live happily ever after and win championships but I understand I get it and there's nothing wrong with Kyrie doing what he did because he handled it in the way he was supposed to handle it mm-hmm. right like, like if these thoughts are crossing your mind, he said, just, just like no. all of us at our job, if, if, if stuff keeps happening, and it's not that you hate the job, but just certain things that keep happening, you like, you know what? Is it time for me to go on, to mm-hmm. move on? Like, should I leave the department? You know what I'm saying? Should, 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 should I go? Should I leave the company? If that's how Kyrie feels, that he can elevate his game and promote his game to a level that we wouldn't see under LeBron. Then it is what it is. You got to make that move, and I and I respect him for it.
0: Mm, okay, okay. What about you, B? Uh, what, what did you What did you take away from this interview? Um, you know that Kyrie had with uh, First Take.
1: <laughs> man, that was straight. That was the epitome of Duke Bl- Duke Blue Devil assholeness. That's what it was. <laughs> That's what it was, man. That is straight up. Duke Blue Devil asshole. <laughs> um, yeah, man. It's, it's certain things you have to. Now, granted, I, like I have no issue with him. One to go to another team. One to be traded and everything. But you know, you. I think it's good to kind of give the guy that you that you and him was pretty much like the forefront of the franchise. Kind of give him like a little heads up, saying, "Hey, man. You know. Um. You know. I think." think i'm gonna go ahead and, and, and make this move over here i want to be traded to another to another team because i kind of want to be the man now whatever whatever you know yeah i, I think it should have been handled that way for him to just be like oh no i don't i don't need to say nothing to lebron like i don't need to say nothing to him or, or you know say nothing to any i'm pretty sure he prices the organization but like your teammate the guy you was fighting in trenches with for three straight years you wasn't even sniffing the championship until he got there and you ain't even giving him a heads up or anything, man. Like, so I think why the same situation we talked about you? with, um, why we you know the rest and KD situation is like, you know, kind of at least give he him, him heads up, huh? Yeah, throw him like a heads up. Or no, 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 be if
0: asking why? why, why are you saying that he owed him a heads up
1: because, like, they these dudes been in, in war in trenches, man. It's like, if if, but, if, but, but that if, okay, I, I,
3: I understand that, but what if I don't always like my battle buddy like what if you out here doing certain things i'm looking at you like you dumb as hell you should have been gave me the rock you think you think even though we won one out of what three like like we could have won two but you you are you out here trying to do too much you should have just gave me the rock i'm Kyrie.
1: no, no man, I, I, I think as a, like as a bit as a business you got at least you got at least you don't want to burn that bridge, man. I, you know, I, I think he should at least say something. Gave him a, I'm not saying bring, gather up, everyone, huddle up. <laughs> goodbye, yeah, like it could a, te- a text message, a quick phone call, something. Something. Like, something. I'm not saying go over here and just give me a hug and say, all right, man, I'm going to miss you, man. Man, I hope you do your thing and keep doing stuff with Uncle Drew. Like, no, no, just. A simple text, hey, man, I think I might, you know, think about probably getting traded, you know, once the uh, free agency, you know, starts or whatever. That's it. That's all. That's all you can do, man. Like, just shoot him something like that. But don't so, just. All right. So, so assholes, let me ask you something. Man. Man. What, what, would it be,
3: would what it, would what, what it have been wrong for Kyrie to go to management first, ask for a trade, let them work behind the scenes. And then when something starts to percolate or be more official, you text LeBron, like, hey, bro, you know, like, it's been good playing with you, whatever, whatever.
1: That'll be fine.
3: That'll be cool. Okay, but, but, but let's look at what the series of events were and what Kyrie said and the reason why he made it a big point to say that he handled it professionally because he was quiet. It got out in the media and the media was able to spin and turn it however way. And now it's supposed to be me versus LeBron. And it was never that. It was never that. That's what he's saying. So so if it was handled the way it was supposed to be handled, that conversation may have happened, maybe just at a different time. But it got to the media so quick that now, you know, you don't know what to believe. It it, it it sounds
0: like he didn't expect it to 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 get to the media but how do you how do you not expect that to get to the media when you're Kyrie Irving and you're you're telling your organization that right. you want to leave the greatest player in in the game right
1: like come on you can you cannot think that that wasn't get out to the media yeah
0: some things some things just aren't going to be i mean you you know the old saying a, a secret can only be held by one person once you tell somebody else it's not a secret anymore you're Kyrie Irving you are on a championship-caliber basketball team. I don't understand how you can go... Even going to management. Somebody in management was going to go back and tell LeBron. Now, whether or not LeBron leaked it or whomever... Who, we don't know whose camp leaked it. But I kind of agree with B. Like, at the very least, unless he had a problem with LeBron, then I think he should have yeah, said we don't something know about... To,
1: it. it might come, like, two, two years t- later or something Exactly, like that. which tells know. me I think that
0: he had a problem with LeBron. And that's cool. That might, you know... I never, you know, we all play team sports. I'm not going to sit here and tell you that the star player and the 12th man on the bench are best friends. I'm not going to tell you that the starting quarterback on the team is the best friends with the kicker. You know, they they might be cool. They might say what's up to each other. But that might the only time they may ever interact is, you know, at, you know, the game. And the same with Kyrie and LeBron. I don't, We I mean, we heard the rumors after all this stuff came out. We heard that. You know, Kyrie had gone, you know, a couple of practices without talking to people, you know, during the playoffs. You know, so and he's kind of a loner type cat. So, you know, I don't know, man. It's just it, it 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 sounds real I, I didn't mean to cut you off. Go ahead and finish your point B and then will I thought it can, but I just it's just weird to me, man.
1: Yeah, it was. And the way the way he was shooting down <laughs> Max Kellerman, oh my God. <laughs> that, that that was so funny. And it, it makes me think like I wonder what what You know, as a Boston organization, what you know, how would you, you know, what do you think about this whole situation as it fold out? If I'm Boston, like, is he going to turn around and do that to, you know, to you guys or
0: whatever? I I think Boston's happy.
1: They're happy to get him. They'll they'll figure out whether
0: or not he can work. You know, they'll figure that out. And they got what a year and a half, two years to figure it out.
1: But I'm pretty sure they probably kind of sideline it a little bit. But you know. Yeah, if they, if, they, if everyone's happy, Kyrie's happy, Boston happy, you know, Cleveland's like they got a, the the better the better end of the deal. Then, hey, look, I can't wait to the uh, season tip off, man. When, yeah. when, when over them teams play, I can't yeah. wait. And he did admit, and and I was as I was reading the transcript, I realized
0: he, he kept talking about ha- the word "happy" kept coming up, and then Stephen A. asked, "Are you happy now?" He said, "I'm ecstatic." So. I don't know. Maybe, maybe, maybe he wasn't happy in Cleveland. I don't understand how he could not be happy in Cleveland. But we have to keep in mind that you know Kyrie spent three years in Cleveland, you know, prior to LeBron coming back home, and so he knows what it's like to play in Cleveland without LeBron. Uh, and keep in mind that Kyrie was made all of these promises and these assurances that when he resigned his his, his contract extension, that you know they were going to build around him and he was going to be the man. And subsequently, ten days later, LeBron James decides to come home, and the whole thing flips. So, who knows? There still could be some underlying uh, animosity about that. Uh, Ken, what, what's your take on the interview, man? Well,
2: first of all, I, I'm glad uh, Ralph pointed out the whole Kobe thing because that was the first thing that I I, I got from same like, here,
0: same here. You know, <laughs> so um,
2: so I won't even I don't even have to go into that. Um, I think when I watched it. Um Kyrie was um well prepared. His statements and answers were were well crafted. Um he was very astute. Um he was measured in his responses and it was all a bunch of bullshit. You know, that that's really all it all it was. Very dupish. You know, yeah, Yeah. yeah. <laughs> be, be, you know and 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 to me, man, it's, it's why he invited himself on the show, right? In politics, they do this sort of thing where they try to, if, if they're behind on a narrative, they try to at least get something on record to give people something else to talk about or talk um at, at least on their behalf. Kyrie has been a victim in all of this. I will say that. Because it got out and he was, or felt, that he was attacked um, unjustly in the media. But all I heard was people talking about mostly um, LeBron. And why nobody wanted to play with LeBron. And there is something personal going on between them two. Which is why Max kept asking the question. And why Kyrie was being very dismissive about it. So, but Stephen A did report that... A while ago, he won't go into the details of what it is, but he knows. And that's why Stephen A. didn't really dive too much into it. And that's why Stephen A. wasn't all that upset about how Kyrie behaved. Not only does he have the experience covering the NBA, so this is apropos for him, but he already know the real story anyway, or part of Mm -hmm. the story. So he has information we don't know. But for Kyrie, you know, this is all a means of controlling the narrative and shaping the story on how it will be told 10, 15, 20 years from now Um, and what he did was he's basically hiding behind personal choice and being happy. Things that makes it hard for people to argue or criticize Mm. someone Mm. for so that's all. Cal, Cal. you just said it. He said happy a lot. There was a reason why he did that. And that's all I kept pulling from this. And, you know, there's more to this than meets the eye. But when this story is told and when people start to look this up, this is the official interview. The interview after the trade and its own record is documented now. It becomes part of history unless whatever else happened uh, leaks out. But he was clearly agitated by comments that Matt said previously that he heard of, and by Matt's pushing to say, "Hey, man, if there's something going on, you know, just kind of let us know and we'll let it go." And he was like, "Man, you know, he just basically, Matts. You just care too much, and you know, as a man, I want you <laughs> to, res- you know, as a man, I, I want you to respect it. That's hey. ego. That's Kyrie's ego. Mm-hmm. And as a star, and as a guy that has that that Mamba mentality." what what else do you expect? It's there. He's going to have that and he feels like LeBron has overshadowed him and probably that he doesn't get enough credit for hitting that game winning shot and he's ready to move off, move on and do something else. And the one key point that I did take away from that I will give him credit for um and that I'm interested in seeing and Ralph talked about this earlier is that you know, he became like this assassin, and now he wants to expand his game and become a true point guard. And it will be interesting to see how he performs with a better, with a better coach, uh, better players, a system, and you know whether or not he's going to be coachable. And I think he will because if he was willing to go play for Pop, then he's a coachable guy. He played for Coach K, so he he has to be coachable, right? So I don't think that'll be an issue. And uh, but more importantly, as a point guard. And a scoring point guard, how will his game change? What does being a true point guard mean? What does expanding his game mean? Because the most assists Kyrie's ever had in a season is six, 6.1. One. So, mm. and a lot of that may have to do with the quality of players that was on that Cleveland team. So, let's see if you know, in Boston they start to kind of develop something around him and if that actually goes up. We've seen him do it before, but again, like he said, that system in Cleveland was designed around LeBron and not necessarily him. So Kyrie and the last thing, man, like I, I think the thing that really kind of rubbed me the wrong way. And who am I? Man, look, Kyrie has every right to do everything he says. I'm just the guy sitting here on a computer in in a house, (laughs) in a a tank talking about what he's done, right? So what I have to say means nothing. But but for him to say (laughs) that he plotted this all year long, like you came into the season knowing that you didn't want to be on that team and – like I, I I don't know, man. That 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 was. It's like nobody really picked up on that. Like he said, he was very patient, and that explains a lot of what we heard in the off season. And it could explain. Remember that that stretch that Cleveland had when they were they couldn't win a game. Mm-hmm. The second half yep. after the All Star game. Who knows, man? Like there could be something more to that. And we always felt there would be maybe this was part of it. Kyrie just wasn't engaged and you have to wonder how things would have turned out if he was fully, fully in engrossed in, in into the process of winning a title and not plotting his move out of Cleveland.
0: Yeah. You, you, you hit the nail on the head, man. My, my only point I want to add is I, I think that's more troublesome to me because I'm, if I'm LeBron, and I'm thinking, okay, man, we, we, we're we battling here. We're going to battle every day. And all this time you've been thinking about leaving? And, you you know, not once did you say, hey, man, I don't know, man. I'm, I'm thinking I, I want to leave. You know, does he owe LeBron something? No, he doesn't owe LeBron any apologies. And he, you know, relatively speaking, he, he was very complimentary, you know, but I agree with the first point of people, man. He sounds like Kobe, you know. And I, I think deep down, he really wants to be like Kobe. And and there's nothing wrong with, you know, idolizing Kobe. Uh, I, I heard uh, your boy uh, Winhorse, um, Brian Winhorse from ESPN, talk about how you know when they won the title, uh, when they beat Golden State, you know they celebrated in the locker room, and you know he Kyrie hugged his father, he hugged his teammates, hugged his sister. And he went to his cell phone. And the first person he called was Kobe. And he FaceTimed with Kobe. Bruh. Really? I mean, again, I don't know their relationship. But it just... That whole interview, man. It just... It left me with more questions than it did answers. Because my thing is this. And I think Max was really trying to get it at Kyrie. And I think Max really would have been able to get at him had he been in the studio. Max was somewhere remote. But I think... Kyrie kind of came off at times like, why are you asking like particularly with Max? He came off as, as like, why are you asking me these questions? And Max is like, bro, you you asked to come on here. You you do know that part of our job is to ask questions. So, so why do you why are you looking offended or looking very he was very smug, very coy in his answers and his responses. You know, I just don't I think that interview left me with more questions. But one thing that I, I was able to kind of read between the lines is that there, if I didn't know it before then, and this is just my assumption, if I didn't know it before then, there's clearly a problem between he and LeBron. Now, LeBron might not have no problem with Kyrie, but Kyrie definitely has a problem with LeBron. And, you know, like Ken said, maybe we'll find out about it 10, 15 years from now. I, I just my thing is and I don't blame Kyrie for wanting to leave and go somewhere else and start over and start fresh. I only caution him in that he's 25. You only get a certain number of years to play, and you only get a certain number of, number of years to play at a high level. And you don't want to sit back and look with regrets and say, well, man, I could have done this, or maybe I should have done this. You know, I mean, but it's his life. You know, it's 25. He, he, he probably feels like he can be in the same position that Kobe was in when Shaq left. So we'll see. Um you know like B said I'm I'm game one man game one we're there uh you know they, the season tips off Cleveland versus Boston and I believe it's on TNT and trust me we will be talking about it because <laughs> that would well, be must see TV
2: yeah and let's be real a lot of people did jump on Kyrie like max was very said some insulting things about Kyrie but you
0: can, you can know, understand why though can, and I'm not I'm not defending him but you can understand why like we 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 are all Regardless of whether or not you're a fan of LeBron or not, we are all in awe of LeBron and his physical gifts and his mental stamina and everything that it is le- about LeBron. I, we just can't see someone in their prime saying, "No, nah, I'm good. I don't want to play with that dude." I mean, well, we're also I mean, like in
2: awe about Kyrie too, though.
0: But not like that, though, Ken. I mean, like Kyrie, if oh, if, were, if we were ranking players, you know, Kyrie's yeah, probably going to be. If we were ranking players, let's say, you know, one to ten, Kyrie probably is going to be a top ten player, but he's not number one. I mean, we can all make a case that LeBron is the best player in the game. I don't think in Kobe's prime, and not to compare Kobe and LeBron or or Kobe and Jordan, but Kobe, LeBron, Jordan, Magic, Bird, I don't think any of those guys in their prime, you hear somebody say, no, I don't want to play with that dude. I'm good.
2: Didn't he also say that he called LeBron the the uh, greatest player in the world, but then at the end of the the show said KD was the best player in the world. Like, how you gonna throw a shot because he won the title? Throwing a little shot there, man. Man, come hey,
0: on. He Kyle, didn't, LeBron gonna he didn't dunk. Say on him.
3: KD was the best in the world. Okay,
0: okay I'll, I'll, I'll read. I'll read to you what he said. He said, "Is Kevin Durant catching LeBron as the best player in the game?" He said, "At this point, question mark." You reward guys for winning. He went to Golden State and won. He's a champion. He's solidified, he's a solidified champion. So he's able to be in those talks. And then they said, Well, who's better? Kobe or LeBron? He said, Man, they're both up there. But in terms of who my favorite player is, first my dad, Kobe second. You know how I feel about that. Hey, hey, bro, we ain't asked you that. We asked you who was better, Kobe or LeBron. And he changed the answer the non
2: answer is the answer.
0: <laughs> that's what I'm he saying. Said my, he said, my favorite player is my dad first and Kobe second. Okay, it, well, it, just say it, Kobe. It, if the, the, you know, and the whole thing,
2: my dad, my dad, my dad. Come on. That's that whole BS answer that he want to give that, that people fall in love <sighs> with. Get, get out of here, man. Get out of here.
0: Man, no. I'm going to let you in a little secret, Kyrie. Kyrie, a lot of people don't know who your dad is. I mean, and, and there's no disrespect to your dad, but on the real, I'm going to keep it 100. And your uh, dad is supposed to be your hero. I understand. Yeah, yeah. yeah I get yeah, it. Yeah, but exactly. My dad is nobody, my hero too, but and, I'm not going to say my dad is the best basketball player. He wasn't. You know, favorite player? Come on, man. Come on. So we'll we'll see how, how it pans out. But like V said, man, uh, season tips off. Boston versus Cleveland. I am here for that. And um, he said
2: it without saying it, FIFO. You know he said it. He said it without saying
0: it. <laughs> <laughs> Speaking of the NBA, man, we had our boy Kevin Durant. Speaking of Kevin Durant, great segue. Uh, Kevin Durant, man, uh, Twitter fingers. Uh, <laughs> his Twitter fingers got wild. Uh, if you've been h- hiding under a rock, your boy Kevin Durant um, came under some scrutiny uh, this this past week as he uh, allegedly logged into a, quote-unquote, fake account uh, to defend himself against t- Twitter trolls. Um And he was actually caught because one of the responses that he made that he was supposed to be responding from his dummy account or private account, if you will, and not his official (laughs) Twitter account, he actually posted from his KD Trey, whatever it is, Twitter account. So we got to see some tweets and he, you know, when he, I guess when he realized that he made the mistakes, he took them down, but he was responding to someone's comment and he posted from the wrong Twitter account. Uh, he commented about the fact that he didn't like playing for uh Billy Donovan. And he said that, you know, uh basically that, you know, outside of, you know, him and um Russell Westbrook, that, you know, OKC sucked and they couldn't win without without, you know, those two guys. Um, so let's start right there, man. Um, B. Twitter fingers, man, for Kevin Durant. Man. What would
1: you think about that story, man? Um, yeah, that's crazy. I he threw pretty much the rest of his old teammates under the bus. <laughs> I was like, "Wow, dude!" And for him to for him to mess up that way and to think that he was tweeting from his uh, so-called you know the the account to go against the haters is to me is, is hilarious in, in itself um, social media moments like this is where I I because I, I didn't catch it like I I missed that part like I didn't even I didn't even know this all happened so I'm pretty sure watching it unfold live was like hilarious moments like that is why i like twitter man it's like jesus christ you get so caught up in it but i missed it out but when i went back and people was telling me um on twitter you know what happened i was just like ah like, i just thought it was just hilarious man like another another lame old move you tried to make and it backfired on you you know it's like like what well, what can you do but i think i just thought it was interesting that he threw his old teammates under the bus so i'm wondering like what direct what you know what do um what's my man? What's the tall dude with the mustache? Uh Adams and yeah. and 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 uh, Cantor and like oh you know, all those guys, what are all those guys thinking right now, like that's still there that was there when Kevin Durant was there. So and coach, and the coach, you know what I'm saying? Like mm-hmm. you throwing the coach and your former teammates all under the bus. So yeah, man, uh you know, I'm pretty sure I, I'm gonna be looking forward to that Golden State versus o- OKC game. <laughs> um, I'm pretty sure it's it's gonna be some el- some extra elbows and stuff being thrown here and there. It's gonna be pretty interesting. I'm 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 a I'm a like that. I'm a definitely I'm a definitely enjoy that. So this is this is another reason why the NBA is just winning and winning and winning. I mean, we're still talking about the NBA. NBA is four weeks away. Ken uh, had just t- uh, texted that to us, which is crazy. Um, mm-hmm. so yeah, man. man it's it's. Man, I love it, man. This is like NBA just keep getting stories, keep getting stories. I know Adam Silver is just loving it, man. I know he has to just be loving this right now. Like, we are still talking about the NBA. M- We've been talking about the NBA literally from January 1st of this year, and we're still talking about it right now. And, it's go- and it looks like it's going to be that way up until December 31st of this year and so on. So, like, this is this is nuts, man. This This is definitely nuts. But, yeah, KD, man, you know, H- handle, give someone, give an assistant to someone to kind of handle that, that, your 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 Twitter, your troller, uh, Twitter accounts or something, man. Please, like, you're looking bad, bro. Because ain't no telling what something else he might say, you know. About <laughs> teammates he's playing with now or something. Right. You know what I'm saying? So, yeah. Uh, hey, hey, uh, Kevin Durant, man. Uh, you know, stay strong, bro. Stay black, man. Stay black, bro. <laughs> Ken, what about you, man? Um... Uh, What
0: do you think about Kevin Durant's Twitter fingers, man?
2: Man, I've never seen anybody win so much only to lose so much (laughs) (laughs) all in one year. Like, dude, like, what are you doing? What are you doing? Like, this is sad. This is so sad. I love that KD engages with his uh, fans on Twitter I love that he even addressed the, the trolls and the critics um, you know he, players deserve the right to shoot back you know that that's just how I feel and you know um, but to do it this way to have burner Twitter accounts <laughs> to be out there responding to people
0: I, I love that burner Twitter <laughs> that, that is
2: crazy to me like I, I know, like Coach K, not not Coach K, but uh, John John Calipari in Kentucky, he has, mm-hmm. and and there's some other uh, college basketball coaches and other coaches that have fake Twitter accounts that, but they don't follow anybody. They just lurk and they just follow their players. Like they've admitted that, but. They don't have personal accounts themselves, but they just have accounts just kind of keep up with their players. But to create an account, to go on Twitter, and to defend yourself against somebody else in the in, a, in an imaginary third person, it's just unreal to me. At the end of the year, we're going to look at this as one of the greatest fails of of 2017. Hell and this yeah. may go down to history. I, I've never heard anything like this before. You just won – an a, a NBA title, granted, it was one of the weakest titles in in NBA history. But the fact is, you know, you you want it and you got it. It's all yours. You didn't have to do this. But what I did like um, out of it, though, is that we can finally dispel the myth of him not wanting to play with Russ, because, like B said, he didn't say anything negative about Russ, and he very mm-hmm. well could have. It was all yeah, about yeah, could have, yeah. Yeah, it was about the players and the one guy that I have been telling you guys about on this very show, Billy Donovan. But y'all didn't want to listen to me. I tried to tell y'all about this guy, but no, and I, and I and no, nobody wanted to listen to me. Kevin Durant proved me right with his burner account.
0: <laughs> <laughs> Yo, people, man, what what, what did you take? What, what was your take on this, man? We heard heard about this story,
3: Kate. KD might be the one guy that just cares way too much. Way too much. Way too much. You know, like it's so interesting because the narrative for every professional athlete is, "Oh, you know, we block out the noise." Yeah, right. Yeah, right. So I I beg the question: How many other professional athletes do you think have burner accounts? You know, because KD's not the only one.
0: No, no, he no, he definitely the the only one. one.
3: You know what I'm saying? So I it, it, it's 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 just proven now that other athletes do, and and a lot of athletes, I I, I think it's it has to do with the instant access that we have to mm-hmm. everything and everybody, mm-hmm. now, right? So you try to protect your image as much as possible because you could feel the heat. You know, like think about back in the day with with, with the with the greats before this era, they they didn't, you couldn't really get to them. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, they could block out more noise. But now when that thing is just a a notification, when you see 30,000 of them, think, like, look, when when we post certain things on YouTube or, you know, especially Patreon now, and we start getting hella comments, I'm like, yo, what the hell is going on? Like, you know what I'm saying? (laughs) So can you imagine KD? couple million? So it's, you know, I, I just, I think that these athletes now are a little bit more sensitive. And I feel that they feel that they need to be able to protect themselves a little bit more in this social media age. And, and I, I, I I understand it, but you know, it, it's definitely kind of weak because we didn't grow up with I right. to deal with this. Right, right. You know what right. I'm saying? So we're like, oh well, yeah, Jordan wouldn't have had it. Well, we don't know what the hell Jordan would would have did. You know what I'm saying? Like thirty years later, we're still rocking his gym shoe. So. Mm-hmm. Imagine the type of social media attention that guy would have got. You know what I'm saying? Like if we think it's crazy on LeBron and you know this whole Kyrie situation and KD and D- Jordan, man, come on, because it was crazy back then. So, so, so you know, at, at the end of the day, man, it is what it is. Um, it's funny, it's hilarious, but it just sheds some light on not just KD, but I think other athletes. Like we just, we they're just unnamed at the moment
2: you know i think the other thing uh ralph is you you said it um best man like he cares too much and he has to learn how to block out the noise like on a way 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 infinitely smaller scale we we've had to learn to um adjust to life online as as a public figure right as somebody yep. that's that can be and have been attacked you know yep. and people just put words in our mouths to say all kind of stuff like we've had to adjust and learn not to respond to everything. And, you know, that's something KD has to, and he probably will from now on, um, learn to do. Because at the end of the day, dude, like you're a, a, a you've won an NBA title, you're, you're a champion, you're the second best player in the world. Why are you concerned with somebody that's on Twitter who may, Twitter that may be tweeting in their, their draws <laughs> in, their, in their bedroom? Like come on, man.
0: Oh shit. <laughs> it does make oh, him seem lame. <laughs> yeah. It's crazy. Man, I, I agree a thousand percent. Um I this is the most millennial thing that I've ever heard of. Um I I like KD, man. I like him a lot, man. And but I FIFO said it best, man. I think he cares way too much. I read a story one time and to be honest, I never follow up to find out if the story was accurate or the, the report in the story was accurate, I should say. um, But in this particular report, it said that, you know, it talked about how Kevin Durant, um, when he was at OKC, uh, he would, you know, check his after games, you know, he would, he would openly just check his Twitter timeline to see what people were saying about him that particular night. And I'm like, And it wasn't even necessarily, like, at mentions. This was just, like, he would do a, I guess, a Twitter search just to see what people were saying about him that particular night. like just to see how many times his name was mentioned and, you know, what people were saying. Bro, you are Kevin Durant. You are arguably, you know, some might say the best player in the game. You're definitely, at worst, the second best player in the game. Why do you care? Um... Like you said, we we've come up in and I guess maybe it's for me, it's a little bit different because having grown up in the 80s and the 90s, um, you know, I grew up in an era without I I went through my formative years and my high school years in college without social media. So while I enjoy it, I don't need it. It's not something that I got to have. Like if you took my cell phone away from me tomorrow, you know, I'd be okay without Twitter. You know, I mean, like, I, I don't feel like I'm going to miss something because I've done so much without it. Um, it is a good tool. You know, Facebook, uh, Instagram, all that stuff is cool, you know, but it has its place. And I guess it has its place in life. Secondly, why do you care about what strangers have to say to you? I mean, maybe it's just me, like, but I don't care. I mean, like, you people are going to say whatever. It's somebody talking. For all of you listening, it's somebody talking about you right now. Somebody talking about you right now. Somebody's probably saying something bad about you. That was probably somebody saying something bad about us right now. We don't care. You know, I don't understand why Kevin Durant cares as much because you can't please everybody. And I know the 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 quickest way to be unhappy is trying to please people. Man, please your damn self. You don't have to justify or you had your reasons for wanting to leave. You had your reasons for leaving. Same with Kyrie. You have your, you don't, but you don't sit around and try to appease people, especially people you don't know. You know, I've, I learned a long time ago, the people who matter in your life, their opinions are the ones that matter. Anybody outside of that, I don't give a shit. It don't matter. It, I mean, it really doesn't. And I think it's sad that he's, you know, kind of come to this. You know, I mean, at what, I mean, I can understand now he, he mentioned, and he kind of backtracked, and he, you know, admonished himself today uh, at this this press conference, saying that, you know, it what he did was idiotic, and you know, he just he felt bad, and he he shouldn't have mentioned Billy Donovan's name or what have you. He didn't even mention about the fact that, you know, he shouldn't have probably had another Twitter account. He said he, he uses you know private media social media accounts to you know keep in contact with family and stuff like that. My thing is, why do you need that? You know, you you're Kevin Durant. You should be able to you know, text or whatever like that. You don't necessarily have to go through social media to keep up with family members. But if you want to have a private one, that's fine. Okay, cool. Um but man, stop caring, man. Just stop caring. You you care way too much and you can't you you can't appease people because there's always for for every 3 people that like you, there's going to be one that don't. You know, just care about the ones that like you and and don't care too much about the ones that like you because If they ain't paying your bills, if they're not making you happy, man, hell with them. You just, I mean, and he's a public figure. So, you know, again, this is coming from somebody who did not grow up in the social media era. era, So I don't I I don't need it. So I don't it's not something that I got to have, per se. You know, and his generation, you know, very millennial. You know, they live on this stuff and I get it. You know, I have kids. I, I get it. I understand why this stuff is important to them. That being said, you can't live your life in 140 characters. You you just can't, you know you you can't live based on what people think about you. You know it's got to be more so about what you think about yourself and those around you. If you're cool with who you are, the man that you see in the mirror, and every you're cool with the people that are around you, that's all that matters. Nothing else matters. Um, so I I hope he uh, and <laughs> luck actually kind of lucked out for him, man, because he could have said. So what if he said something like? If, what if he said like? You know man the hell with Westbrook. I never liked him. I mean, you know that would have really been damning. You know, but um yeah man just get get rid of that stuff. Either get rid of it or learn how to maintain it. Like B said, get somebody else to ha- handle your stuff, man. You obviously don't have a good hold on it. But stop caring. Don't care too much. Um before we get out of here man, uh, your boy Shaq is back in the news. Uh, Shaq made headlines. He was talking uh, last week about Kobe, as we mentioned last week, uh, Kobe getting uh, both the number eight and number 24 retired by the Lakers. Uh, Shaq said, quote, he and Kobe were a better one-two punch than Magic and Kareem, close quote. FIFO, is he telling the truth? Which duo was better?
3: Oh, man. You know, when he said that, I, I, I really started thinking. I, I I really started thinking, and I think that if you were to build a, a, a like, who's more cohesive <laughs> is definitely Magic and Kareem, right? Because it's a point guard and a shooting a, a shooting guard. It's a point guard, a pure point guard, the purest of the pure,
2: mm-hmm. point
3: with a guy that had a center with an unstoppable move. Like, you, you can't paint, like, bat, that's what basketball is predicated off of. Like, the the guy setting up the other guy, and the guy has an unstoppable move, and the guy sees everything, right? The other guy. So, when, when, when you look at Kobe and Shaq, if I'm thinking more dominant, I'm taking Kobe and Shaq. But if I'm building a team and all of that, I'm taking Magic. So if you if you put money on the table you like look you gotta pick one i'm gonna take kobe and shaq
0: Mm, okay okay okay
3: Okay. i'm I'm gonna take kobe and shaq man because look man you talk we talking about a guy that can score 80 points right and you know how i feel about shaq i feel like shaq is a mount rushmore player i think shaq is the most the most physically mount rushmore well well okay he, he's on the list. He's, like, on, on the list to get next. But, no, he, he's not on out, out Mount Rushmore. But he's way up there. I think he's, like, top three best big men ever. You know what I'm saying? I, just how big he was, how nimble he was, how he knew. Like, he put – I feel like he, he understood jujitsu because he would use everybody leaning all up against him because he weighed three-something. He spin right off him and get right up off the ground quicker than w- w- what you thought he could do. So, I just think that those two guys in their prime – were were too dominant. Like, if, if, if we if they play the two on two, I don't I don't know what Magic gonna do to stop Kobe. I, I don't know what he gonna do. Kobe gonna cook him. Kobe is going to cook him. And yes, Kareem, uh, Kareem is nice. What, what he gonna do with Shaq?
2: <laughs> <laughs>
3: what gonna do with
1: Shaq, man? Oh
0: man. What, what about you, about B? Shaq. What about you, B? uh is he right? Were they a better one two punch? Is he telling the truth? Which duo was better? And we're not necessarily talking what fiFA went one on one. We don't necessarily have to talk one on one, but um but just you know, generally speaking, which which was a better one 2 or you can talk one on one, but uh which was duo was better as far as a one two punch?
1: Um I I I would probably have to go with uh, Magic and Kareem just because of the impact of the game that they made and they pretty much How does that make a better beat? How did, man, how did I, that make? I'm gonna have to go. I'm gonna <laughs> have to go. With, I mean, they was the Showtime freaking Lakers, man. Like they they started <laughs> like a, a movement out in LA that I don't think that Kobe and Shaq did. Not granted, okay, yeah, two different two different eras, so it's kind of hard to compare to that. Yeah,
0: yeah, it is. It is but, always
1: is. But um. Yeah, man. I mean, FIFA. You talking about what Kareem can do with Shaq? I mean, what Shaq can do with Kareem? I mean, this man got the freaking sky hook, dude. The unblockable shot. I mean, you know, granted, like I said again, FIFA errors. He 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 managed to to handle Will Chamberlain pretty well. Um, Will Chamberlain said, "Hey, out of all the centers I guarded, he was the only one I felt I needed help on. <laughs> help, you know, I needed help." So I'm pretty sure Shaq would have been the same way. Sky hooked his ass to death. You know what He was I'm like saying? the first Shaq, the too. You said what? I said uh, Wilt was like the first Shaq. Right, right. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, mm-hmm. you know, they both damn near pretty much cancel each other out. And then you got Magic out there making everyone better, something that you people always used to say that was a knock on Kobe. Whenever the Kobe versus LeBron discussion comes up, you got someone like Magic that can get everybody going. You know what I'm saying? B. And some that killer instinct. So, B, did you I'm, hear what the- I said? I might have to get a slight answer to um Magic and Kareem, and the fact that they got five championships together. So you know, mm. so there it is. <laughs> Did you hear
3: what I said? I said if I was GMing this thing, I would take Magic and Kareem. But if I'm taking them like just as individual talents, as as a, as a as a as a duo, I'm taking Kobe and Shaq.
0: You're hedging, people. You're hedging, yeah, you're yeah, hedging. You're, 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 yeah, you're really are, straddling the fence, bro. big time, dude.
1: You, you, you <laughs> got to be on one side of the fence, bro. <laughs> yeah, man. Ain't no, if I'm a GM, if I'm a, the, the, flat out, if, if you picking, who you picking? You over there sounding as like Herman Cain, man. Yeah, it don't matter if you a, we G- not saying came. if you a GM, a we just said flat out. Do you agree with what yeah, Shaq one-two came?
0: punch. Just not even, talk, yes, not even talking, not even talking one-on-one. We're talking about just as a one-two punch on a night-to-night basis in their particular areas. Okay. Right. What about you, Ken? Um, is he right, man? Uh, who who man, is nah, that? He ain't, Kyle. You don't. You don't even have to finish the question, man. Of course, he ain't
2: right. No, he's not. He's not right. No better duo. Like we could. Who who did this math? Somebody did this math before. But I mean, it's uh, a,
1: it's an argument though, Ken. It I mean, is. It's not. It is. It's not. Yeah. It's yeah. not just easy. Give him. Okay. Is is. But you, know, it's an argument. I mean, it's definitely an argument because I mean, you, it, you you pretty much arguing two of the best Lakers to ever play in Kobe. I mean, in Kobe and Magic. So whenever you always ask who's the best Laker, one of those guys I always mentioned. So I mean, it's an argument. Why did Jordan take Kobe over LeBron? He
2: said it's simple math. Did,
0: <laughs> what did you say? Oh, ring. He said simple math. Ring. He said it was simple
2: math. Ring. Five it's is five, greater than three. Five is more than three. Right. Five is greater than three as a duo. Nine. I, I looked it up. Nine NBA MVPs. Twenty-one NBA All-Star selections. Five titles. Five Finals MVPs. They have scored as a duo four thousand seven hundred sixty-one more points than Jordan and Pippen and they won 6. <laughs> Come on man, like like yeah, it's it's close. Like you, you know, if you really have to sit down and think about it, there are a lot of things you have to take into consideration. But man, people are saying Kareem is one of the best. No, no, not one of. People are saying Kareem is the best NBA player ever. They're saying he's the best player ever
1: in the NBA. Oh yeah, he's 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 he's, he's starting to get love now, as far as like the mm-hmm. ghost conversation now. Because at first it yeah. wasn't. Yeah, because people don't like that people, and that's because people don't like Kareem. A
2: lot of people yeah, it started like out that way because yeah, his, his activism and stuff like that. So and you know he and wasn't he was really. And plus, an asshole. So. Yeah, he wasn't very friendly with the media, but. Yeah, man, I, I, this duo was was freaking lethal, and you know, from what I can tell, they like each other. So, you know, Kobe <laughs> and Shaq, for all their accomplishments, um, didn't like each other. But I, I looked up Kobe and Shaq's numbers, and my answer is, I think is is Kareem and uh, and, and Magic. And I'm I'm not trying to be a, a prisoner to you know me growing up. I, I did want to kind of look at this a little objectively. Um, but because when you look at at Sh- uh, Shaq and Kobe's numbers, man, like that first title, man, like they didn't fall off until like the third title, right? The third title they uh, Shaq had twenty eight, twelve, twenty eight and twelve. Kobe had twenty six, five and four. But that's that middle title is the one that that did, man. That middle title, Shaq put up thirty, fifteen and three assists, and Kobe put up. Twenty nine point four seven and six. You mean, mm. you mean when
1: they beat when they beat Philly?
2: Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's okay. freaking nuts. And then the first they one, Shat put up thirty and fifteen. Swept. They
1: almost swept the entire playoffs that year.
2: Yeah, and then it Kobe they put, put a up. step
1: over game by uh, they It mm. have been perfect.
2: And then Kobe was twenty one four four. But here's where I give them the edge: tougher competition. Like when 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 they played. And when that dynasty was formed it was when the league was when the competition was hot in the league and that's why i'll, I'll give them the edge they just played against better tougher players than Shaq and Kobe did
0: mm. indiana mm. and philly with one <laughs> hey man you know my motto you can only you can only play who's in, on I your mean, schedule know, man, um but, you know. but i i agree I, I gotta make it a trifecta man um Kobe and Shaq were dope, man. They they, you know, what they did, I don't know that we'll see for a while, especially inside and out, because, you know, you can make a case that big men are non existent as far as post play. You know, we haven't seen the likes of that since, you know, since the Shaq, or so the since the uh you know Alajwan, those type of players, Patrick Ewings. Um, but I started watching basketball, man, in nineteen eighty. That's the that's as far back as I can remember as far as watching basketball. So I saw Magic as a rookie, and Kareem was actually on the downside of his career, but he was still getting you 20, 24 a night, you know. Um, but like B said, the sky hook, it, when you threw it into Kareem and he and he and he could do the hook off of either either foot, either either uh, either hand. I mean, he he was deadly. He I I can't remember kareem missing like two hook shots in my memory now i'm sure that he has missed them but he was automatic man he and and it's it's weird that nobody ever used or perfected that shot the way that he did that that hook shot probably added another six or seven years to his career um but i think one two punch man it was kareem and magic man they they just and even as kareem got older and he wasn't able to necessarily you know get up and down the floor he still was the the anchor of the showtime Lakers. And, you know, a lot of times it would start with him on the defensive end with a block shot or his, you know, his presence in the middle, uh, you know, getting them started on the break. And then, you know, sometimes Kareem would still finish on the break, even, you know, when he was well into sometimes. his late 30s. Yeah, sometimes <laughs> 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 when he was in his, He was in his he was well into his mid Maybe to late 30s. Like so. Zeke. <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> So yeah, man, I, I gotta go, I gotta go Kareem and, and Magic, man. Magic was just, he was unbelievable, man. I mean, I tell I tell my kids all the time, like, go, I, I tell them all the time, like, go, go watch YouTube. You know, you'll see some Magic clips, but I, I don't even know in sending them to watch YouTube clips. I don't know if that necessarily still shows you how great of a player Magic Johnson was. And, you know, the 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 cool part about it was Magic did it with a smile. You know, <laughs> they would be killing you, and he'd be out there laughing and joking and having a good time. And you know, if you weren't a Lakers fan, you hated the Lakers. I hated. I still hate the Lakers to this day. But I respect, <laughs> you know, what they did, man. And it was just, it was incredible. And again, at that particular time, and in the eighties, we had never seen nothing like it, man. You were six nine. You, there was no way that you could play in the in in the on the perimeter. You had the six nine guys. They threw you in the post. You know, imagine was a 6'9 guy who had handles. You know, his jumper wasn't, you know, wasn't that reliable, but, you know, it was efficient. But he didn't have to. He could get past you. And, you know, if you wanted to double him, he could see over. You know, you, you couldn't bring somebody to come double him. If he backed you down in the post, it was money. You know, so, I, again, that's taking nothing away from Shaq. Shaq and Kobe were dominant in their era. I really wish, even not being a Lakers fan, I wish that Kobe and Shaq had stayed together cuz I think they could have run off at least seven or eight titles um had they stayed together and I understand why they didn't I don't like the fact that they didn't cuz I think we they robbed us as fans from seeing their greatness but um nah Shaq tripping on this one uh, <laughs> Magic and Kareem best one two punch uh in NBA history in my opinion man this uh, is
2: nuts though man like real quick like that 1999 2000 title O'Neal. Their, their numbers are crazy. Man, 46, 43, 41, 41, 40, plus eight other 30-point games. Man, Shaq, Shaq,
1: man, beast. that's nuts. He was a beast. force, man. He was, he was a force. <laughs> well, beast. You couldn't do nothing with him.
0: No, you couldn't. At best, you could foul him and send him to the free-throw line. And even then, he still would, you know, still keep getting to the free throw. And he wasn't scared. You know, he wasn't making the shots, but he was still getting to the free throw line. And hey, we, like I said, we'll, we'll ne- I don't want to say never, but it's going to be a long time before we see that kind of combination ever again. Before we get out of here, man, I almost forgot. Uh, the fight this past weekend uh, Canelo and Triple G was scored a draw. Uh, um, Ken, I know you say you didn't see the fight. FIFO, uh what what were your thoughts on the fight, man? It was a damn good fight. It
3: was, it, it it was worth what I paid. Uh, you know, the eighty dollar pay per view joint. So it was definitely worth that. Um who the hell paid that one rap or <laughs> that guy? Because God, please. You like like they told you just to blatantly, you know, score for Canelo. Like they didn't even say, you know, just make a little, you know what I'm saying? Don't don't bring too much attention. Like that was crazy. But um no nah, man, it was a good fight. It, it, it you know how they say, uh, the old added style makes fights. Style makes fights, right? And that, this is exactly what that was. Um, you know, I, the thing that surprised me when Canelo got to the ring, I was like, is Canelo bigger than Triple J? Like, like that kind of threw me off. I, I, I didn't think that Canelo was gonna look like the bigger man, but uh, you know, Triple G, the first couple rounds, man, it was, it was, it was tough going for him. Um uh, and then you know he picked up the pace and he landed some shots, boy. He man, that dude right there. You could you couldn't pay me. Well, yeah, you could pay me another. <laughs> so, you know, I, I. But you know, you you pay me what you pay Canelo or Triple G. I definitely take a couple punches. I'll, I'll be out in the first thirty seconds though. But um, yeah, man, it was trading shots. It was a it was a damn good fight. And the thing that's sad is. These both of these guys have to have that draw on their record now, and mm-hmm. it's unfortunate because if Triple G would have won, there still would have been a rematch. You know what I'm saying? I don't think that we had to, or whoever paid for this draw, I, I like. I don't think we needed that to get the rematch. I think we would have got the rematch anyway. Um, but yeah, man, it it, it was it was just. It was unfortunate. I I think the whole like the outcome of it, it was a great fight, but it shouldn't end in a draw. Like 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 so there should have been a clear cut winner and loser in this fight, and that's I think that's just unfortunate for boxing, man. I think I think boxing has lost. It, it's been losing, but you know just in terms of its scoring, it's lost a lot of credibility. And I talked about it last time when when I actually had the fight party. I invited nobody but beefing. Um... <laughs> I think boxing needs to go to a league format. I think that the best fighters need to fight the best fighters in their prime. I think they need to be compensated for it. Like I, I, I like you know, all of these belts. Where, where all these belts come from, man? Like it don't make man, no sense. It's a sense. thousand belts, who, man. IDF, UWBU, you know, world champion, man. Who is that? Who is that? Who's the sanctioning body? Somebody, cause somebody need to find Shorty. You say I know she got suspended or whatever, but that ain't enough. Like, like you know, I. It, it it's just boxing. I love boxing. I like the art of boxing. Love the sport of boxing. But they need to figure it out. They need to figure it out because because this, this to me it was just unacceptable. It it was it was just sad.
0: True indeed. What about you, B? You are you big fight fan. What, what did you think about the fight, man?
1: Yeah, man. I thought it was a good fight, man. And I think it was definitely it lived up to the anticipation um, of you know the because we've been people us boxing fans we want to see this fight happen was mm-hmm. about over a year now. So, mm-hmm. you know, I think I think it was a great fight. I think Canelo was ready. Um, you know, he, he was definitely taking some shots and dodging some shots from Triple G. I just think Triple G did a great job of cutting the ring off on uh canelo and not making him too comfortable and not making it out the ring you know in the middle of the ring because yeah he he had him up against the ropes a lot and he was he was hitting them with them body shots a lot like i said canelo was ready because any other fighter they would end up breaking down just from them body shots that he was taking from uh triple g but um yeah, and that that 118, 110 I, I don't, I don't, I still don't understand that. Um, yeah, unfortunate. Now we have a draw. It's a it's a blemish on tri- uh, Triple G's record because he was a perfect thirty seven to zero with thirty four knockouts. Um, and uh, you know we already know Canelo already had his uh, L from uh, Mayweather, but Canelo's been a better fighter since then. Um, so yeah, I, I thought it lived up to everything, man. You know, it's just unfortunate that it stuff like this is unfortunate that we can't get a clear winner. When it clearly was a clear winner and you got to have a controversy from the judges, it kind of puts a stain on this fight. You know, by the anticipation building up, we had a great fight, a very entertaining fight. But then it just left us with a sour taste in the mouth with the the judges. You know what I'm saying? This has been going on in boxing for years. And this is, you know, and I hate this, that this happened. And this is why UFC is like climbing and climbing, because you never... We never talk about controversial decisions and stuff mm-hmm. like that with UFC whenever it's a big fight going on. You know, you never say, oh, man, I can't believe the judge scored that. Everything is always a clear-cut winner. You know who won the fight. There's no questions asked. You know, And I, and I hate that with a, a great anticipation fight like this, it left us with a sour taste in the mouth. You know what I'm saying? It, even though we all enjoyed it, all of us that watched it, me, people, and Kyle, we enjoyed the fight. But it just left us with that sour taste in the mouth due to the judge calling.
0: Yeah, I agree with the two of you, man. I, I thought it was a great fight. Uh, shout out to Twitter for putting the link up because uh, I had no in- <laughs> I, had, I had no intentions on finding it. Uh, I don't even know if I'm supposed to be saying that I did. I watched it illegally, but uh, nobody listens. Um, nonetheless, uh, yeah, man, I thought it was a great fight. It was, um, it was, like B said, very highly anticipated, man. I thought I was surprised that Canelo got off to the start that he did. And uh, I was like, man, okay, Triple G is a little bit of trouble. But, you know, you kind of saw around the third fourth round, he started to, you know, like B said, cut off the ring. And, you know, I like the fact, man, it was just two dudes that was in there just, you know, they were swinging. You know, it was just guys throwing shots, body shots and everything like that. And they, we, we actually got to see guys box. You know, it wasn't – and people listening know that I, I, I'm i not a fan of Floyd Mayweather style. You know, so we didn't get a chance to see that type of BS. We saw actual fight. Um. I think, you know, to me, and now, uh, of course, I'm not a judge or anything like that, but I thought Triple G won. and I really i I, I think you' probably make a case that it was close, I guess. but to me, I didn't think it was that close. It, it was close enough. But, like me and B were talking about uh, the other day, the problem that I have is is that you have one judge, you know, her card was so much, so far, so far away from you know, how she scored it, you know, as opposed to the other two judges. It was almost like one judge wrote his score down, another judge wrote his score down. She's like, oh, let me just write something down. And that's what that's what it looked like. And it's it's not a good look because there's nobody in boxing that you – when that type of stuff happens, there's no, there's no governing body that can hold them accountable. Um, and I think because of the anticipation and the numbers that they did, I think we were going to get a rematch regardless of who won. So we knew we were going to get a great fight. We knew almost certain that we were going to get a rematch. So for it then a draw it was disappointing, though. Man, I, I didn't wasn't a fan of that at all. But um, you know, hopefully, hopefully they can get it better, man. But it's 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 another stain on boxing, man. It's it's another stain on boxing. People pay, you know, really really good money to watch these fights, and you know, or they watch them illegally. And nonetheless, they want to see a good fight. And I think we we got a good fight. At the very least, there should have been a decision. A draw, I, I don't think is. It doesn't help boxing at all, and it damn sure don't help these fighters, cause they both of them for you know fought their heart out. Uh, now it's time for us to wrap up the podcast, uh, as we all do. We want to thank you all for checking us out. Um, now it's time for our parting shots. B, what about you? What's your uh, closing thought? Uh,
1: my closing thought is, I think I tweeted this earlier, but for all you Falcons, Falcon fans, you are the enemy this week. Yeah, <laughs> um, two. I, I think this is a great a great. This should be the this should be the game of the week. I think this upcoming Sunday, the uh, Lions and the Falcons. Um, and I'm not saying that because it's my Lions. Um, I'm just saying that because now we have. I'm not seriously. You know I'm hard. You know I'm tough with my Lions, man. Um, I mean I just think it's I think with with Falcons coming off the season that they just came off of, and they and they and they both teams are starting off good. Both teams. Seeing the, the defense on the defensive side of the ball, they both seem like they're the real deal. They both can put up points. Um, so I think this is going to be great to see these two matching up at the third week of the NFL before we get these bye weeks start kicking in. I think this should be the game of the week. So I'm definitely looking forward to this. Atlanta Falcons, you are the enemy. I want, I do not want to go to work Monday like, uh, well, my Lions catching the L. I want to pump my chest. I want to pump my chest so loud come Monday. So um, yeah, I, I hope I, I'm, I hope we have a good game is in is in Detroit. So I think you know hopefully that that we usually Matthew Stafford is pretty on the money when he's at home. Um, but then again, you know it's in a dome, so that Falcons home is a dome, so it's not like they're they're playing in unfamiliar territory. A dome is comfortable for the Falcons as well. So I think it's gonna be a good game. I hope we be in for a, a 30, 40 something shootout or whatever, man. Um, but yeah, that's that's my final word, man. Go Lions. Let's. Try to start the season off 3-0, man. And if we win this game, maybe people might start taking us seriously. Who knows? If 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 the Lions win a freaking Super Bowl <laughs> at some point anytime soon, I am gonna cry tears of joy. I already said that. I already know I am. I'm gonna cry tears of joy. So Lions, you know, if they can pull this off some miracle down in the future and win a Super Bowl, and plus let's first win this game this week. Hey, I'm gonna be happy, man. I'm gonna be so happy.
0: No doubt, no doubt. Fifa, you got your uh, final thought together?
3: Yeah, man. Um, I, you know, I, I I don't know, man. Sometimes I I just have to go back on certain things that I say. But I'm drinking the Georgia juice for 2017, man. Uh Atlanta United, UGA football, Jake Fromm, the boy Matt Ryan. The only thing I'm not drinking is 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 the Braves and the Hawks. But everything else right now. man like look man you know what i I think i'm just excited to be part of an ever-changing city i am seeing the expansion right before my eyes and i haven't even been here as long as some of uh uh, of you guys so i know you guys seen atlanta transform even more so it it, is just crazy man and I, i i look the city only has two championships total and i think that we are finally poised for more, I think we are setting ourselves up in multiple sports to have to actually truly compete for championships, and, and I'm just excited to be part of the the, the the movement that's happening in Atlanta sports.
0: No doubt, no doubt. What about you, Ken?
2: B, I need your help, and hopefully, you can help me out here. I got a couple of questions for you about the Detroit Lions.
0: Oh,
2: who's the head coach of the Detroit Lions? Caldwell. All right. And uh, who's the offensive coordinator? It's uh, that Cooter
1: guy. Jim, Jim Bond. Bob yeah, Cooter. Yeah, j- yep, yep. Mm-hmm.
2: He took over for Joe Lombardi, right? And yep. Caldwell in 2015 fired him because they started out one and six. Is that right? Yep. Something like that? Okay. Yep. When did you guys get the new GM, Bob Quinn?
1: Ooh, that's a good question. When 2016? did we get Bob? It was kind of recently.
2: Bob Quinn was hired as the Detroit Lions general manager on January 8, 2016. I ask all of these questions because Kyle Hurd said, and he was pumping up the Lions, and he was praising Bob Quinn. And instead of giving Caldwell the credit for the Lions, he gave it to Jim Bob Cooter. And he said that Jim Bob Cooter was a hire of Bob Quinn and that, you know, if it wasn't for Bob Quinn making that decision, then uh, they wouldn't be where they are now. I say all that to say that, man, I, I... I just don't recall ever really of anybody giving an offensive coordinator credit over a a head coach like that. You know, it's just that just when I heard it, I was like, wait, wait, when did he become the head coach? (laughs) And like that, you know, like why is he giving Bob Quinn credit for Jim Bob Cooter when Jim Caldwell made the decision to get rid of Joe Lombardi and promote Jim Bob Cooter to offensive coordinator. Maybe he just got it mixed up. You know, they talk real quick on that show, and sometimes they don't get the facts correct. But all I'm saying is that give the brother some credit, man. Like, give the brother some credit. Don't do that man like that. Bob Quinn also made the decision to bring back Jim Caldwell for the 2017 season. Is that or is that not correct, B? That's correct. All right. Give that man some credit. How you just going to skip over the head coach? Like, <laughs> Jim, like, come on, man. Y- y'all got to be better than that. So, Jim Caldwell, good job, and I hope you continue a good job because everybody on this show know that I'm pro brother.
0: No doubt, no doubt. Uh, speaking of, um, you know, we we talk sports here, and, and a lot of times you'll hear people say from time to time, Uh, You know, why don't you just stick to sports? Why don't don't you guys just stick to sports? Well, nobody's actually approached me about it because they probably would get cussed out. But, you know, I mentioned on previous podcasts that, you know, we're going to talk not just about sports, but but, uh, the world around sports. And obviously, you know, with the events that have happened over the last year or actually last years, you know, sports has become sports and politics have become. Uh, you know, kind of intertwined, if you will, and and I will make a case that they are both one and the same. That sports and politics are cousins. Um, perfect example. Uh, we just got notification earlier today that Chris Long, uh, the Eagles defensive lineman, is going to give six of his game checks uh, to Charlottesville. Uh, if you are familiar with Chris Long, uh, Chris Long uh, is a grad of the University of Virginia, which is in Charlottesville, and we know what happened in Charlottesville. Um, also, J.J. Uh, Watt, uh, you know, after Hurricane Harvey, he you know set out on a mission to raise two hundred thousand uh, dollars in relief aid. Well, that mission started out at two hundred thousand dollars and you know reached thirty-seven million dollars. Um, raising money and donating money is something political. So, you know, again, sports and politics are are they go hand in hand and they actually are cousins. Uh, I came across a tweet from a gentleman by the name of David Dennis Jr. And I'll read it to you, uh, and it says, "Quote: Sports providing general, excuse me, sports is providing generational wealth for people of color who have constantly been denied such. Sports is political. Sports is the one of the only spaces in America where people of color who are good at something are rewarded for it with wealth. Sports is political." Whole black communities revolve around the economics of upward mobility sports provides. Sports is political. The act of building stadiums, the act of building stadiums is one of the most political processes in state legislature. Sports is political. Millions of people of color have become the first in their families to graduate from college thanks to sports scholarships. Sports is political. Tell Jackie Robinson that sports isn't political. Tell Muhammad Ali that sports isn't political. Tell Mahmoud Abdul-Raouf sports isn't political. Jesse Owens toppled Hitler's racist, superior man ideas in front of the world. Sports is political. Want to know why else sports is political? Because being black is political. And being black and excellent is an excellent act of political resistance. Close quote. That's going to do it for us. Thanks for checking out another edition of the Dead End Sports Podcast. For BZ, for FIFO, and for Ken, I'm your host, 12Kyle. We'll catch you guys next week. Peace. Audi (laughs) 5000.